The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, we had to sweat this one out a bit, but the 2014 and much of the 2015 formula returned tonight for KC with very good starting pitching from Chris Medlin, very good defense all over the diamond, just enough offense and a shutdown effort from the bullpen as KC evens up the series at a game apiece after a 2 to nothing win over Cleveland. A huge win. As it's Davo here to break this one down and preview the next two, it's your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. Glad you are along. With the Blue Jays losing tonight, by the way, to the Braves 3-2, to this one grows the Royals' lead for their quest, you know, for home field advantage throughout the AL playoffs. The lead grows now to three games for KC. And that's thanks in large part to our player of the game. We start with Chris Medlin tonight. Where else can you start? The offense for the Royals, as we'll detail here in a bit, hit some balls hard tonight. But overall, missed a lot of pitches they could have hit, too. The offense was not great tonight, allowing Josh Tomlin to somehow throw a complete game. I still can't figure out how that happened. So the offense really didn't get the job done. The Royals had to get uh, a great starting pitching effort. We haven't seen one in, it feels like, weeks. It hasn't been that long, but it feels like three four weeks, doesn't it? The bullpen's been worn down from having to pitch so much. You're getting behind early, but not tonight. Thanks to Chris Medlin, six and a third scoreless frames, throwing just 94 pitches. And of course, he was able to throw 94 pitches because he induced contact. And the the further impressive thing was that Medlin struck out zero tonight, but still really only about four balls were smoked tonight against Medlin. A few of them were hits, one right at a Royal. Uh, But essentially, Medlin, six and a third, was able to get, what, 19 outs on this game? No strikeouts, and only one or two outs were even hit that hard. Now, it's a tribute to his control as well, keeping the ball down. He walked just one this evening, scattering five hits during his six and a third scoreless innings. Medlin early, ground ball after ground ball after ground ball, pitching down there at the knees on the corners. 11 ground ball outs for Medlin on this one as compared to four flyouts for the 5'10 right-hander who continues to look like quite the coop, quite the pickup for the Royals. Somebody who you could definitely possibly see in the playoff rotation, especially with the further murkiness of guys like Johnny Cueto, although he's going to be in the rotation. I mean, if he's healthy, either he's going to be in the rotation, either he's going to turn things around, which is going to allow him to be in the playoff rotation, or he's probably going to go down with an injury, is is my prediction. I don't think he'll go into the playoffs pitching anywhere close to where he is. And it's interesting because I heard a full 10 minutes with Jim Bowden today on MLB Network Radio, who believes what I believed about a week ago. I said the Royals should skip Johnny Cueto for a start, give him a little pack on that arm, reduce some inflammation. Bowden said the same thing today. He said that he should be skipped this weekend. I tend to agree again, but if the Royals don't skip him now, you really can't because at that point, you're down just a couple of starts left. So the Royals must be 100% convinced he's fine. And who am I to or Jim Bowden to debate that? Royals training staff of the year the last couple of years, it's been good, really good. So I you know, I trust those guys a lot more than anybody on the radio or anybody like myself. But just something to think about there. Anyway, Chris Medlin moves to 4-1 and with a 3-9-2 after this game. And a special tip of the cap to the Royals' defense and the bullpen. Let's start with the defense. I mean, how many plays were there? Four great plays tonight. Mike Moustakis for Wade Davis, the eighth inning uh, diving in foul territory, coming in, the catch on the pop-up. Alex Gordon, a similar ball going to his right, foul territory, slams into the left field railing as he makes a play 
for Chris Medlin back in the six. You go tremendous early defensive plays. We saw a diving one from Ben Zobris gunning out Carlos Santana. Another great one from Alcides Escobar, ranging to his left and gunning it over to Hosmer on the scoop. So, we, I mean, we saw great defensive play after great defensive play tonight. And finally, the KC bullpen. Two and two-thirds scoreless innings. Just one hit, four Ks, and two walks. And Ryan Matson, obviously the most important of those two and two-thirds innings, and inheriting a little bit of a mess there in the seventh inning. Nettios, at the perfect time, goes out and gets Chris Medlin, a guy who's still recovering from Tommy John A., so with 94 pitches, you got to think he was down to his last hitter or two no matter what anyways. And B, a game the Royals had to have, only up by two. He went out and got Matson at the proper time. And Matson, did he deliver or what? Striking out both Abraham Almonte and Giovanni Ursula with runners at first and second in the seventh inning. Gets out of that, nobody comes in. You saw Wade Davis perfect in the eighth. And, and Greg Holland, how interesting and how acid reflux type of an outing was this? I mean, <laughs> I was looking for you know some Tums around here, man. Greg Holland does a couple of things that scare the heck out of you in this outing. Number one, he walks the leadoff hitter on five pitches. Lonnie Chisenhall, you're up two. You don't want to walk the leadoff hitter. He does that on five pitches. And, of course, you see Holland's first fastball at 89 miles an hour. And it's interesting because Holland started the year kind of lower on velocity. Then around June, Got that velocity back up to 93, occasionally 94 there. For about three, four weeks, you're like, okay, he's over that. And then all of a sudden, he had the quote-unquote cranky arm, hasn't been pitching regularly, and now the velocity seems to be gone again, at least till the last pitch of the game, which we'll detail in a second. So uh, that starts off things that worry you. Jan Gomes, a hard single, hits a left. And Alcides Escobar would probably tell you he should have made that play. The ball appeared to glance off his glove, was smoked, no doubt, but a potential double play ball, at least one out on that, on that play that Escobar probably makes – Nine out of ten times. Either way, though, first and second, nobody out. And then the second thing that scares the heck out of you, the Royals training staff and Ned Yost walk out to the mound. And you're thinking, uh-oh, Holland's at 89, 88. We saw an 88-mile-an-hour fastball. That point, I think he might have hit 90 once. You're thinking, oh, no. But uh, Holland assures him, everything's fine, everything's cool, we're good, we're good, we're good. And Mike Avilas, on perhaps the biggest at-bat of the game, pops up on the high fastball, the bunt, which... Could have been caught for two, but ends up being a force play. That's a big one out. Runners at first and second. Holland gets Abraham Almonte to pop out in the slider. Goes to work with that breaking ball. And boy, was it good. And I thought it was a good point tonight that Rex Hudler made. You know, Even if his velocity is not there, he can still maneuver and get through big league lineups because of the, the breaking pitch and the different varieties, and different speeds, and different types that he has. And that was big to see him get the second out there on the pop-up by Almonte. Then the wild pitch, you have second, third, but two outs. And Giovanni Ursula up there. Two strikes. What does Holland do after some great sliders, which I'm sure Ursula is probably looking for? He somehow rears back and hits 93. His best fastball of the night blows him away upstairs, 93 miles an hour. That's good to see. At least we know it's there. And I think there's no doubt at this point that Holland if not injured, is fatigued big time. I don't, I don't know how he's pitched a lot this year. I don't know if it's just all the innings from several years, that kind of violent, herky-jerky delivery falling up the mound, a la Kevin Apier to a degree. I don't know if some of it's that, you know, pitching so deep into last year, into the last you know day of October. But obviously, Holland wouldn't be going six days between outings if he was 100%. So something's going on, and the fact that they came out and looked at him proves that there at least has been something, and they're worried about something. Thankfully, he was able to get through this, but you're to the point of the year now where it's almost like you got to throw him out there every, you know, at least every three days. Keep him fresh, keep him sharp, and see what you have. Because you don't want a guy like that pitching in the, the playoffs 
who's still not 100% or even close to it. So probably at this point, good to sink or swim with some of these guys, such as Holland. Get him out there a bit more. Let him get sharp. If he's healthy, he'll be fine. That'll get him right. If he's not, at least we'll find out before the playoffs is my thoughts on that. But a good job by Greg of getting out of this one. It really was as he does so often, one of the elite closers in the game, even into 2015. The Royals now move to 85-59. and 59. They need to keep it going and get another win tomorrow. We'll detail that here in about a minute. But first, a tip of the cap to a couple offensive guys tonight. We'll work our way backwards. The fifth inning off of Josh Tomlin, Alex Rios, his fourth home run of the year to deep left field. That would be a big insurance run as things would turn out as the, the Indians threatened a couple of times in the seventh and ninth inning later on as we detailed. And how about Mike Moustakis should have been out swinging 3-0 in the second inning. Didn't love that with two outs. Swinging 3-0. Hits a foul popper that should have been an easy play for Jan Gomes. He didn't see it. Neither did Tomlin. It drops. 3-1. Moose rips a double. Straightaway center field. And then Salvador Perez gets him home on the single with two strikes. Nice A-B by Salvi, who continues to get some big hits in this road trip with two outs and two strikes, such as the one he had to get things going on Saturday in Baltimore as well. Somehow Josh Tomlin throws a complete game. No idea how. He really wasn't that good tonight, I didn't think, especially the first few innings. The Royals were smoking the ball. More bad luck. But then after that, I mean, outside of the Rios home run, the Royals did virtually nothing against him. You know, nine innings, two runs on four hits. The Royals zero walks. I don't love that, obviously. And Tomlin strikes out six. I mean, some of it's he was fortunate and lucky, no doubt. Some of it was he made good pitches, but more of it to me is the fact that the Royals just aren't quite clicking right now in all cylinders offensively, which is fine. That's the least of my concerns. Much more concerned about the pitching, tenfold more so than the offense. The offense will be fine. Guys, well, you know, we're seeing Ben Zobris go through a little lull, which is fine after he started off smoking the ball. Gorin's been great since coming back. Kane hasn't been great in recent days. Hosmer in recent days, not great. I mean, up and down, Morales missing, you know, missing a lot of balls over the plate. So they'll be fine. Thankfully, Chris Madlin came to the rescue. Ryan Matson, Wade Davis, Greg Holland, and the Royals defense. So there you go. Now, the next two games, you, you really want to see the Royals win tomorrow, especially with Corey Kluber looming on Thursday, though he is coming off of a hamstring injury in his first outing in about three weeks, so who knows how much he will pitch on Thursday. But tomorrow, it's Danny Duffy and Danny Salazar. 7-7, seven and 4-1-4 seven, four, four for the Duffster. Salazar, 12-8 and eight with a 3-5-7. Let's start with Duffy, who, after coming back, off the DL, that first start in Seattle back in late June, early July, looked really good there for about six or seven starts, and now he's kind of gone back to the you don't know what you're going to get from Duffy, which is too bad. For a while there, he looked like he was penciling himself in as a solid number two or maybe number three guy in the Royals rotation come October. Now you're not quite sure. Comes off five innings, two runs on three hits against Baltimore. Now, you know, missed a lot of bats, eight Ks, but walk three. Threw a lot of pitches. It was very it was it was, kind of, it was Danny Duffy in a nutshell. If you've never seen him pitch, you could watch that game and, and see what he's battled throughout his career. Guys can't put the ball in play against him. He can't quite strike him out as much as he'd like. Can't get him to induce contact as much as he'd like. Walks a few guys. That game was very Danny Duffy, which is not necessarily a good thing. Didn't pitch a bad game necessarily, but you need more than five innings at least this time of year. Maybe come October you don't because you have a day off every three games and it's do or die. But this time of year you need six six plus innings, and hopefully Duffy can deliver that again tomorrow as we saw him do, what, seven out of eight starts in a stretch earlier this year. Now against Cleveland, just one start for Duffy was not a good one at the K back on May 6th, one inning and four runs. Salazar, meanwhile, has been getting lit up. A guy who I love. The sky's the limit for this kid. But his last four outings, 6.23 ERA. This year, the Royals have seen him twice, although not since May 5th at the K, and the Royals have gotten to him to a 5.53 ERA. He's 1-1 against KC. 
It's a toss-up game tomorrow. It really is. You don't know what you're going to get into, you know, from either guy. Both both Duffy and Salazar capable of going out there and throwing up several zeros and seven, eight, nine, ten Ks very easily. Both also could struggle to give innings and get hit hard too and walk guys. We'll see. Toss-up game. You feel like the Royals need to get that one. Need to start getting two out of three again for a while here. Get back on track. Hold off Toronto and get some momentum back. Now, Jordano Ventura, like I said, faces Corey Kluber in the finale of this four-game set. Ventura, 11-8, 4-4-2. Kluber, 8-13, 3-4-1. Jordano comes off a rough outing as well on Saturday, giving up the big three-run home run to Chris Davis. Five and two-thirds, four runs on eight hits for Ventura on that one with five Ks and three walks. This year against Cleveland, surprisingly, just like Danny Duffy, Ventura has only faced the Tribe once. Back on April the 29th, went five and a third, five runs on six hits. Only one K in that outing, so it was not good. Meanwhile, Kluber has been not good against the Royals this year. He's one and three with a 4-3-4. And that's only 4-3-4 because in his last outing against KC on July 29th, he went the full game, nine innings, one run. Check out that outing. His ERA is well over six against the Royals, who have hit him well. And like I said, Kluber coming off that hamstring injury, first start since August 29th. So hopefully and probably he's on about a 100-pitch limit tomorrow. Or, sorry, on Thursday. Hopefully the Royals can wait him out, you know, lengthen some counts, get some big hits, and get a win there. So you got to split the next two. You have to. I'm playing for home field throughout the playoffs. The, the Twins are sewed up. I believe they're going to lose again tonight. They were as of last check. That'll get your, your magic number down into single digits. But... Uh, to me, that home field is a must. At this point, if you don't get home field, it's a huge letdown. The Royals up by three. You got to at least split these next two for certain if you're the Royals. Have to. Preferably you win the next two, but it starts tomorrow. You hopefully can get a bounce back outing from Danny Duffy and get the W. So, my, by the way, I apologize for my voice being kind of off tonight. I kind of have allergies and a cold, so my bad. If you made it this far, thank you. You know, hopefully the voice will get back to 100% coming up in the next couple of days. So that's it tonight on Clubhouse Conversation. Hope you checked out also the Ryan Sheely interview we posted last night. Of course, Ryan will play for the Royals from 06 to 08. Enjoy that one. If you happen to miss it, go back. Our last current player interview was with Alex Gordon. A very fun chat about a number of random topics. Very ADHD on my part, just randomly changing the subject at will. And, and Alex, not a single cliche during that interview. A lot of fun that we had, so check that one out as well. And we'll be back again tomorrow night for another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation. Until then, have a great night, and go Royals!